my friends, and welcome to the Experience Our Industry podcast. I am Dr. Brian Greenwood, and I am super excited to be here on this fine Friday afternoon with Greg Avakian. How are you, Greg? I'm, I'm feeling fantastic for a Friday, and I'm, it's my pleasure to finally make the cut to be on the famous podcast. <laughs> well, uh, I uh, I appreciate uh, someone of your status being willing to um, carve out some time in your day to be able to come on this little podcast. Uh, Greg is uh, Greg and I have known each other for for a long time, and and I really am. I know I say super excited every time, but um, Greg and I have uh, over the years developed uh, a friendship and. Um, and uh, just so excited to have him on. Greg is currently serving as the director of Parks and Recreation at the city of San Luis Obispo. Um, a dream job for uh, so many people out there. And um, uh, so I, I know you do not uh, take it lightly the role that that you that you have, and and we'll we'll get there, and we'll talk about that role. But we got to go back in time a little bit first so the good folks out there can get to know you a little bit better. Greg, tell us where you grew up. Uh, thanks, Brian. Um, I'm a Bay Area kid. I, I was uh, uh, born in another location. We'll, we'll, we'll cover maybe a little bit later, but I spent all my formative years, you know, with schooling and, and K through 12 in Pleasanton, which was a small suburb at the time. Okay. And uh, part, a little yeah. small little place at the time. Yeah, it, it was maybe 30,000. It was a, a San Luis Obispo-esque type community that has just grown and flourished. And oh, that's yeah. that's kind of where I consider my hometown and my roots. That sounds awesome. You know, I uh, being a being a North Carolina boy, I, I don't know a whole lot about Pleasanton, but it just sounds um something about it just feels uh right, you know, it feels yeah, like uh light and airy and um let's see what's the word i'm looking for uh pleasant <laughs> uh, i can tell you we heard that my entire life uh, I'm sure, plus like, years yeah. of living you know yeah, yeah. but yeah. the fun fact it's actually a named after a, a civil war general oh no it's stopping by on the train i know oh. so we oh, we like to say pleasant in pleasantville but you know it it was uh a, a little bit different tone, but there was a the dark best part it is we got to feel the what you just felt every day, right? Because you right. pleasant. Every time you wrote that address down, right, right, yeah, exactly. Uh, what did your parents do growing up? Growing up, Greg? Yeah, my my dad. I, like a little fun fact, they they went to Cal Poly in the early '60s. That's how they met, and then my dad wow. uh, was a bit a business major, and he got picked up by um, Bank of America, which was a big headquarters in San Francisco. So. That's kind of where uh, we we kind of planted, and that's where got our our start as a family. And my dad worked in the loan industry and kind of a um, banking industry most of his career. But his side his sides the uh, kind of sidebar stuff that he did was kind of that early years of flipping houses. He was he and a bunch of friends got together and started doing what their their outlet was fixing rent, buying, fixing up, and then either renting out or selling homes in in the 80s and those kind of things so no way that's awesome. so it was pretty yeah i know no tv shows in the i was gonna say he was just a little bit off right like yeah. yep. <laughs> before his time yep just yeah, a little 90s, bit he would have gotten yeah. a tv show right exactly yeah oh wow and, and my mom was my mom was a, a non-profit uh she worked in the non-profit industry for for a long time and then she originally was trying to get her nursing degree so when uh, my sister and I were old enough to go to school and and not have to be cared for. She went back and got her degree and became a nurse. Nice, wow, that's really cool. Well, well, you know the the Bank of America thing. You know, I have a special place in my heart for Bank of America because Junior Giants, who you know that um, mm -hmm. that I'm associated with, they have a little bank of as long as I can remember. Bank of America <laughs> sponsored Junior Giants, so there's a little Bank of America thing right under the the logo there for Junior. That's Giants. the best. And, uh, <laughs> and so, uh, uh, otherwise I would have never even known that Bank of America was in San Francisco that, that, but you would think, I mean, Bank of, obviously I know Bank of America from back in North Carolina and, and, you know, the very title Bank of America, you would think it's all over the place and yep. sure enough it is. <laughs> yeah. Gr growing up out there and then having the, like when you're a kid, you get to go to San Francisco and you yep. drive across the Bay bridge heading into the, the skyline of, of the city 
and it was just the the almost black or or dark brown type building and when the shadows so we always called it giant chocolate bar uh hershey bar when we were kids and okay. <laughs> i still i still look up there and every time we drive across the bridge i'm like that's, that's what you think that's, that's what, what it is that's yeah. what you think every time that's cool <laughs> what about siblings do you have any, have any uh siblings? yep i have a sister who's who's younger but she's also a cal poly grad right so that was on. the Just family trend family there. she right. yep and um she was a kinese major and went in uh, eventually become a, a doctor in physical therapy and she is amazing yeah she's just a superstar that three i have three uh you know two nephews or a nephew and two nieces and yeah she's she's like kind of she's a younger sister who's like kind of flip-flopped and i look up to her and all she's doing right now it's oh that's cool that's cool that's really awesome i love love hearing that and um i um you know, in having um, uh, uh, kids who uh, a, a boy and a girl, you, you know, I that's one of the things that I just really, really want for them is to have a li lifelong friendship type thing. So whenever they fight at home, I like it. It that that's the part that you know I look at and I think, oh man, I don't want them to fight to the point yeah. where they don't want to be friends when they're older. And uh, you know, I'm obviously. Yeah overanalyzing it for teenagers you know right now yeah um, so much more goes into it than that yep. we're we're experiencing the same thing and but we just know that once they get their 20s I, they're gonna just become friends and and they they support each other and that's that's our goal too <laughs> so the kids will will eventually get through those teen years and and realize that their their, their bond is so strong that don't 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 worry about it, Brian. You guys. There you go. I appreciate that. I appreciate <laughs> that. But let's talk about. Uh, speaking of, let's talk about you when you were a kid. What was your What was your jam? What did you uh, What did you get into there? In Pleasant. Yeah. It it was the classic. I mean, the word the the title says it all, right? Like you, yeah. it was the era that you could ride your bike and play out in the cul-de-sac, and when the lights came on at night, that was time to go home. You know, mm -hmm. so that was our 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 dinner bell was the lights go on uh, on the streetlights or in the summer. It was time to come in, check in, and then you can maybe go back out if you're lucky and hang out with the neighbor kids, you know. Right. Um, awesome. But I, I was like a shyer, definitely a shy, quieter kid growing yeah. up. But I, I like to put myself around the social scene. So I was always around, you know, the the groups, but I've never, I've never considered myself the leader of a group that okay. that wasn't my style and my personality and I got you. and of course bigs into sports um I was always I consider myself the B level athlete okay I had just enough skills that I could participate in any sport and kind of make the team but never like the all-star or the or the go-to but um but yeah, you got to kind of work hard to get to that level. And then right. it, it was slightly slight natu or natural talent, but not really enough to, <laughs> to make a career or even go to college with any of that stuff. But um, I got you. Just well, love was, the sports. That was probably also a product of being in the Bay Area. You know, if you'd grown up in a small North Carolina town like me. <laughs> you would have been able to be the star because there was not that many other kids. <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah. So tell us, uh, tell us, uh, I like this, this, uh, I call this the glory days segment. And and most mm. of my guests, when I, when I say the glory days segment, they have no idea what I'm talking about, but you obviously know about, uh. the, you know, about the boss and, um, and the famous glory days song. So, uh, tell us, um, tell us like before you, ventured off to college um was is there something that you're like most proud of whether it's like you know a sports accomplishment or arts or or academics or anything like that anything you're you're super proud of wow that's a that's a good question i i I immediately went to when I finally made the all-star team in eighth grade oh, uh, for, for baseball because I actually, you know, that was my peak, <laughs> unfortunately, at, at 13, 14 years old. Hey. Um, but hey. now that you, you kind of mentioned a little bit more, I'd, I think a, a prideful thing when I was in high school was, you know, I, I was a lifeguard. That's kind of how I got into um, making some money, paying for my gas to drive around the car and get some food. And we actually had like a lifeguard competition that was local within the county there. And our, like right before we graduated, like our senior year class, yeah. that group 
took the the championship and the trophy so it was kind of like a, and it was summer right so that was the way to like before you go off to i went down to long beach state so i left you know a couple hundred miles away it was like the sort of feeling of wow i, I was working with this team of lifeguards and staff that i kind of get to grow up with over those four years of high school era and then yeah. kind of capped it capped it off with a with a championship so that's like a little sports but also the trophy at the same time you know that's awesome greg and i think it's so it's so uh, it's so cool for a north carolina kid like me to hear these stories you know um i i interviewed uh dr kirk sturm and you know Sturm. i didn't even know this but sturm had a 24-year career as a lifeguard mm-hmm. um and um and recently i interviewed uh a kid who you probably remember josh josh pigetti um mm-hmm. do you remember josh and um and he was a championship lifeguard also just like nice. just, yeah. yeah that like when i asked him what his uh his glory days that was his too yeah. he was like a championship lifeguard and um i think he was more solo rather than team but um but that's really cool that's like something that as a north carolina kid never never yeah. even heard of um that's that's kind of unique to california i think Maybe. I'll put a little asterisk on that. It was pool lifeguard. Uh, I think Josh was probably the beach lifeguard. You well, know, the, there's a there's a, there is a definitely a hierarchy of respect when you have the beach or the or the lakefront versus our our flat water pools. I got you. I got you. Yeah, <laughs> Be- beach, beach, Barbie, beach. <laughs> yeah, that's beach. <laughs> that was uh that that was the part that I laughed the hardest. That man. was that was hard not to laugh at that movie. Yeah. That was a pretty good one, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, so well speaking. Of of um was that your dream job to be a lifeguard or what what was it you know job? there wasn't baywatch yet so yeah no right um the 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 ironic part is you know at the time it was a it was a summer job it was it was a high school job it was you know i did i was able to do it kind of year round because of our our climate but right i went to to college as a marine biology major uh it was my interest i was just very into the the science portion of that and Uh and whales and the marine life and so i i got accepted to go to long beach state and it was also a double uh a whammy of how far can i get away from home and try something new you know i was like i mentioned i was kind of a quiet shyer kid but i wasn't afraid to do things so i i took kind of rolled the dice i think my parents were a little bit like well you're going that far away okay uh-huh. And this is pre-cell phones, pre-FaceTime, you know, there wasn't any of that. So it was, if you if you didn't call and catch me in my dorm room, it could be weeks. And it was weeks at times that we, we did the chat. But yeah, um, but yeah, that was that was the big like life-changing kind of you know chapter of of taking a chance. And um I got a job down there lifeguarding because that was what I, I had to pay for school. And so yeah, that was kind of my way of okay. I still need to make some money, and and being a lifeguard, you can go anywhere, and that's why I tell people to this day: yeah. <laughs> if you get your lifeguard certification, you keep it current. Years, you can go anywhere. There's pools, water parks, beaches, yeah, uh, hotels, clubs. You you can go anywhere. The very so, good, the very good point. So I love that. That's that's something that I give my mom credit for. She she made me take that all those swim classes, and she called them swim lessons. So my mm-hmm. it was embarrassing at 13, 14 to have your mom yell at you to get on your bike to go to swim lessons and your, your friends are like what are you talking about like you can swim i'm like it's it's a lifeguard class come on mom you know so so yeah so long beach was the the big chapter after that and, yeah. and i i was lucky enough to have some really good friends that one of them was a rec major and okay i was, was gonna say so you uh, said marine biology but i'm looking yeah. at your i'm looking <laughs> at your education you graduated with recreation management yep so how long uh, i i got i got wooed i got wooed in it was it was about a it was like my third semester it was okay. so about a year and a half in but i was i knew after the first full year of of the academic classes it was that wasn't going to be for me with marine biology and right and so i was just taking classes at that point you could still take classes in your in general ed and cut keep keep the ball moving down the field but but yeah. i could pick something later and yeah um i had uh you know by then we were out of the dorms and kind of living in a house with a bunch of people and yeah. and one of them was a, he was a rec major and um he was a little bit older he had transferred in and 
his dad worked in recreation out uh, near Vegas, um, Clark County area. And he told me to go to one of the club meetings, right? The classic, hey, come to the club meeting, meet some of the majors. Yeah, you in with the club, huh? Got it in, yep. Gotta get in the club. (laughs) Went in, you know, nothing like free pizza. It still works to, you know, today. And started talking to some of the, some of the other students and yeah. I can't remember how I connected with a, one of the professors, but I did. And, and I just like talking it through, they were saying like, well, you've been, you've been in the field since you were 14. Did you know that? And I didn't even make the connection. That's how I wasn't thinking like, of huh? what? lifeguarding at the pool and doing swim yeah. lessons. And, uh, and, and even, I was even dragging fields and prepping fields for softball as a extra, extra cash for the, the park and rec district when I was in Pleasanton. And yeah. Never made the connection that maybe that's what I want to do for a career. So right. that was the yeah, that was the turning point right there. Yeah, I love it. That's really awesome. And um, so graduating from Long Beach, um, what was your? Tell us what your first job was. I mean, we're not we're not gonna, you know, we're not gonna walk through your entire resume or anything <laughs> like that. But I think it's yeah. fun to hear about that first job. Yeah. So, what yeah. was your first job? I'll say one of the the most the kind of pivotal point positions. I you know I was working again through through the college years, and um, I worked for uh, City of Los Alamitos, which is a, a suburb of Long Beach. Okay. And I applied for a lifeguard job, and I think it was my my summer between fourth and fifth year. I was on a five year plan because I switched majors, but yeah. um, and I just needed a job, and I wanted to live down there, and I got turned down, and. My ego was crushed because here I am. I was a, a, a swim instructor, a lifeguard for like five or six years. I worked in numerous different places. I, I have a trophy for a lifeguard competition, remember? So like I'm, yeah. I have this ego piece going and the world, the manager called me in and um, it was a community services manager. Her name is Gail. And I wish I remembered her full name. She just was straight with me and said, yeah, we're, we're not going to offer you a position for lifeguarding because you need to change your resume f- pattern. And I was like, don't, what, what are you telling me <laughs> what my choices are? You know, I'm a, I'm a 20, 21 year old, oh, cool. you know, n- n- knucklehead student. And she's like, look, you're, you've been in the water the entire time. If you're a rec major, you need to try something else. Would you like, would you like to be a co-coordinator for our summer day camp? Oh, and, and I'm sure my, I don't have a good poker face today. And I definitely didn't have one at 21 of right of oh my gosh i'd have to think about this like eight hours a day five days a week eight to ten weeks of summer <laughs> right you're feeling it yeah sir yes no we won't know now yes i yeah, i do right. i do and uh <laughs> the beauty of being a swim lesson instructor and a lifeguard is you get them for like an hour here a half hour there right not yeah. not a whole day yeah well my mom, you know, I talked to a bunch of people. My mom was the one I made the phone call and I was, you know, like, I can't believe she said this and da da da. And she's like, Greg, you know, you might be the, one of the smartest people you're talking to right now. And I'm like, what? She's like, if, if you asked me that, I would have said the same thing. Yeah. You should do this job, challenge yourself. You got to get better, different res, uh, resume bullets and, and some experience. Yeah. And it's one summer. You can handle it. There you go. So I, you know, went back in the next day and uh, it wasn't a phone call. It was definitely, yeah, I had to go back in and yeah. kind of hang the head down and put the I'll hand out it. for the handshake, you know. And, <laughs> I'll take it. Yep. <laughs> I did that for two summers. Oh, you did? Yep. Oh, I did. I changed awesome. that career and then and I got hired by them when I graduated from college. That's awesome. And I was an all-purpose kind of rec leader position where I got to do. Right. I was I was a bingo caller once a month. <laughs> for this for the senior center right I was, oh man I, we were i was able to set up and work all like events and just be a part of it and so yeah, that's where the pa announcing comes in that's why that, you, you, be that, a PA. yeah you wet your whistle our, our, with a little bingo calling and you're like now you're like uh greg and i talked earlier about how uh we we discovered that we we both um as we uh you know w- w- when we look to the future of what we might do and and these things get a little grayer. Uh, we think to ourselves we might want to be a public address announcer at like uh, yeah. the Blues or for yeah. Cal Poly or for somebody, right? Whoever will take us, I think. Whoever will take us. Yeah, yeah. I I will say that bingo is probably the most intimidating. Um, yeah. If you if you stutter, if you stutter 
a word, uh, the letter or the number. Oh yeah. <laughs> or if you're completely incorrect, then it's it is a it oh, is they, they a, will let a you nightmare. Down. Yes, sweet seniors are not sweet at all when it comes down to that bingo game. Ethel they, will come up and will let you know where you. Oh, and I had that. Okay, was, wrong. Oh, that was intimidating. So, <laughs> so that gave me a little grit as I got to get to my career was working with the, with that group. But um, yeah. no, I, I credit a lot to that uh, that opportunity when I was, finished, and I ended up getting a, a offer because of a, just the way the timing worked out. Halfway through my final my C, uh, spring semester, so I actually got offered a full-time position when I was still finishing up classes, just the way that someone had left and there was timing. So, right. And that, um, is that how you, is that what, did that become your internship essentially uh, or did y'all have to have one? We had a different format. That That's a great okay. question. It's a little bit different. It was more about volunteer hours okay. throughout your academic, which I think, um, you know, Cal we Poly, have you guys yeah. have the same yeah. thing, but it was, yeah. that was the basis. Um, so I didn't really, I just really had to get permission to not have to be at work at certain times of the day so I could actually finish up my degree. Right, um, right. But it was perfect timing and then it worked out. And I only did it for a year um, because I, I wanted to get back to the Bay Area. But that was a right. that was just a pivotal moment because I don't think I would have got the other positions in my, you know, lined up for the for my jobs up in the Bay Area mm -hmm. if I didn't have that opportunity to diversify when I was right. Um, right. in college. When I was really just thinking it was a job to to make some gas money and food money and pay for books, yeah. it, it it was a it was a really a life changer, career changer focus for me. Turn into something else, yeah. Well, shout out to to Gail for for <laughs> you, for, yes. for, for, uh, for getting you straight and um and I have to you know so that I uh, don't get called for disparaging all Ethels out there. I mm -hmm. have to make sure that people know that I had an aunt Ethel who was quite the bingo player. So that's why I used, uh, that's why I used Ethel. Uh, Excellent. Because <laughs> my aunt Ethel would have set you straight if you, <laughs> Uh, if you had messed up the uh, the bingo, and I would have just and I would have deserved it because you can't, you're not allowed yeah. to stutter or misspeak that's when you're calling them right. the, calling those letters and numbers. That's right, that's right. So tell us, you know, you mentioned um, so you did not become a SoCal boy um, in your time down at, at the beach. Um, you said you wanted to get back to the Bay Area. So um, that is that is that where where you went next? What was your next? Yeah. That that was the next the, the next uh, boomerang basically a boomerang back up to the Bay Area, and it was really I mean I had great friends and a great experience at Long Beach. Uh, the university was fantastic. I loved the area that I was living and the people. It was it was one of those decisions of if I get too sucked into my career down here, will I stay? Right. <laughs> and right. and I knew I wanted to be back up in somewhere in you know central to Northern California. So so yeah, I was able to go back up and. Um, and in the classic recreation, you know, format, it was the early '90s, so the huh. economy wasn't very strong. And I ended up working probably three. I think at one point I had three different positions for oh. three different cities. Oh wow! Okay, I worked for Walnut Creek, Dublin, and San Ramon, which are all with along this they call the 680 corridor. It's a freeway up there. Oh yeah, okay. I just would work. I probably worked 50 to 60 hours a week between all three, and between all I had three, the, I had the best time. I bet. It was it was three different venues, three different opportunities, and I was doing a little bit of everything in that classic parks and recreation uh, umbrella or bucket of right. you know it's a gym monitor and 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 setting up for volleyball. It was you know opening up a pool at five thirty in the morning for a couple of days, and then yeah. having a two hour break, and then going off to do something else in another city. And yeah, and you remembered you remember what Gail said, and you were I, you were I getting, was I was yeah my my parents raised. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> uh, that's one thing I, I say. My mom gave me like that empathetic, probably that teacher nursing personality of caring for people. And my dad was, you are, you know, type A hard worker, and it, you put those together, and that's that's what I was doing. And and I had a I had a blast for about a year and a half of doing that, and then I uh, a full time position opened in the as an aquatics coordinator for a city of San Ramon, and and I will say the city of San Ramon is where I got my like really professional foundation of, of how to how to yeah how to be a coordinator supervisor manager how you know what's what is the how do you navigate the world and the community of recreation and parks and mm -hmm. and i got involved with cprs and and that really just that, those five and a half years 
I, I think I crammed in like 15 years of, of an experience. <laughs> right. <laughs> you know? Right. It just really propelled you, huh? Yeah, it, it was fantastic. Yeah. I, I, to this day, I, I, I still stay in touch with, you know, this is 25 years later here almost. Yeah. Um, with a lot of the people I worked with and people that still work there. Yeah. Right. Right. Well, so we know from, um, from, from me introducing you at the jump, we know that you have, um, that you have gone back to, uh, municipal recreation, but you, you took, a uh, you, you took a little detour there and, um, at the, uh, the turn of, uh, to, to 2000 when we were mm -hmm. worried that the computers were going to blow us up. Um, and, uh, for those who don't know, when, when we went <laughs> 1999 to 2000, we were worried that the zero zero was going to yeah. make all the computers blow us up. But lo and behold, that did not happen. But, uh, Greg in, in, um, January of 2000 mm -hmm. made the jump, um, back uh back uh to to his uh parents uh yep. parents roots of uh san luis obispo and cal poly tell us what yeah. that decision um yeah apply for a position in in campus recreation what was that like um how did you land the job it it was it's a it's a very interesting story i wish we had like two hours for a podcast because this is fan i love this right now but um so my parents, you know, like I said, like they, they were, um, alums from Cal Poly. Um, my aunt had also gone to Cal Poly and, and then stayed in San Luis Obispo afterwards. And oh, so we always could, this was like a second home. We came for vacations here. We, we traveled here for holidays or just visits yeah. uh, with cousins and all that. So it's one reason I didn't want to go, uh, for my undergrad initially to Cal Poly was it was too familiar, you know? Yeah. Um, but when my sister went to school there, I have a lot of a lot of friends that went to college and graduated from Cal Poly. So I was very familiar, and um, I had a friend who had relocated for a teaching job down in in that went to Cal Poly and then was able to go back from the Bay Area back to San Luis Obispo. And I, I ran into her at a Halloween get together. Yeah, and I was just like, oh my gosh, that'd be so great to find a job down there. And she's like, hey, my you know whatever friend or someone else is like. Said they're hiring a there's a position at the recreation center in aquatics and i was like oh my gosh wait what like <laughs> i've been to the rec center before i played basketball there once my sister graduated from in that you know in the gymnasium there right in the main gym i was yeah. part of the the era then so i just threw my resume in at the last minute you know was, and then i got an interview in november right before thanksgiving and i was offered the job like middle of december and next thing you know i was packing the bags and looking for a place to live in january it was like i didn't really think about it that is awesome <laughs> all the way through like hey you're about to to leave a, a really great job and a great community at y2k when everything could like be frozen or or implode <laughs> and then two right. weeks later you're going to drive down and start a career uh, a different right. career right uh, but but the, really, the enticing joking aside, the enticing part was the the working with students. There's yeah. there's a there's a difference of when you work with you know the 14 to 22 year olds and the community recreation field I was in, and I loved that. I loved being a developing and training them and 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 watching them, you know, set off as their first job ever to then working with parents and kids mm -hmm. and interacting. And I, that's that's kind of like I think what's my roots are are that kind of personality of a teacher style. Yeah. So to have that opportunity that the next level of, oh, now I'm going to do the 18 to, to 22 to 24 year old clientele and young professionals. Cause I was 30 when I, when I came, when I came back to college in a sense. Right. So, right. Right. Um, it was, it was a big, big chance. And, but, yeah. but the environment, the interviews, all the people uh, with, with associated students, it was ASI that, that I worked mm -hmm. for and at, and the campus of Cal Poly and the environment. Um, I thought maybe four or five years I'd be in there. And next thing you know, it was almost 20. I was going to say, next thing you know, a little bit more than that. Yeah. So, so you, I didn't realize, but you, so you started as aquatics coordinator. Yep. That was, then, that was my foot in the door. And within, I think six months, there was the new, the, well, it was the new sports complex. Mm -hmm. So the sports complex, the 40 acre, you know, uh, fields and the baseball stadium and softball stadium opened up. I want to say in like January of 2001. So maybe it was, oh, was wow. eight months and they needed someone who had some risk management experience. Yeah. 
because it was new. It was new for ASI and the rec center to have a complex that just that vast. And I, I was helping out just as a team member, you know, and, and they kind of said, okay, well, you know, it's risk management of a, of a pool or a building. It's just kind of the same. It's just, there's no roof and no, no walls mm-hmm. on, a, on a sports field. So we did all the training for that. And next thing you know, um, that was kind of fell under my, my purview. So mm-hmm. it was enticing to, to stay a little bit longer. Right. So now, okay, yeah. more, more things going on. And, right. um, and a few years later it was intramurals and then it was facility, um, uh, operations at the rec center that I was helping with. So it, it just worked out timing wise where there was that, that opportunity to go up the ladder and, and the career ladder. development yeah. to keep my motivation and enticing going. What a great environment Cal Poly is and obviously San Luis Obispo. So I, it wasn't, I was looking to go somewhere else, but I wanted, I always want challenges. I think that's, that was a drive I've always had. And, yeah. and to be able to have that opportunity with ASI, with Cal Poly, um, kept me uh, motivated and 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 continuing to learn by doing, as we say. Mm-hmm. And the next thing you know, there was an assistant director position available, and the the new renovation in 2008 to 2012 of the expanded to what we have now as the new. I, I would still call it new, but it's new. Yeah, right. The 2012 almost it's ten years old. Every ten years old now, 2012. Crazy that it's been. Um, yeah. When, it, when, when it reopened and have that opportunity to to be a, a voice in how it was built, what what uh, equipment would be in Huge there. Element, isn't it? Yeah, that was the best experience to just be not the decision maker. I was assistant director, but a fly on the wall or at least a contributor in the room as a thought partner, not necessarily the decision maker, the thought partner. And and then I was able to um, there was a, a vacancy uh in 2013 for for the campus recreation director and um i was lucky enough to be ready through all that that navigation of career opportunities (laughs) to be ready to for that that role and uh, one of the greatest uh privileges i would say and i'm i'm very happy to say that i was i was a part of at the time only three um uh campus recreation directors um for the, for the rec centers, there was, there was a, um, right. Rick Johnson was the very first, mm-hmm. um, in, in the, in the kind of early eighties, uh, Marcy Maloney, who I know you've also interviewed, I think on the podcast, but also a, yeah. an alum and, and uh, infamous and famous, uh, uh, alumni of the rec world there for the, uh, RPTA EIM program was the second. Yeah. And then I was, I was honored to be the third. The third. That that's time. really cool. Yeah. That's really awesome. And, um, you know, uh, I, I was looking at it and, um, I can't believe it's been 10 years, like you said, but, and it, it's still, you walk in and it's still, it's a testament to, to those who were, were leading it, um, whether thought leadership or what, um, it's a testament to you all because, um, it's still, when you walk in, it's pretty spectacular and feels brand new and feels like it's going to last for, for a really long time. And, um, and uh, so that that's uh, that, that's that's pretty cool. Um, let's talk about that decision to get a master's degree. You know, yeah. you uh, you didn't want to you didn't want your folks or your sister or your aunt to have yeah. one up on you. You had to get a degree from Cal Poly. Um, yeah. So about that decision to get a master's degree. You got your master's in higher education and student affairs. What was that experience like? Why did you make that decision? I initially started. Um, a master's degree at UC Berkeley when I was still at at San Ramon uh, in in the in the MBA program. Oh. Um, I was lucky enough to be in that, and then it was right at the time when I um, got offered the full time position at San Ramon, and so I said, "Oh, I'll, I'll just pause. I'll just take a break. I'll get my feet under me, and I can return." Well, you know, five and a half years later, I didn't, and then I left. So then I got the same thing, get to Cal Poly, let me get my feet under me, let me see what's going on. I've always wanted to to further the educational and get uh, my education, sorry, to, and get a, um, a graduate degree in in something, you know, yeah. that was always on my on my on my list. It took me well, a long time to get there. I uh, I ended up getting it in, I think it was 2011. <laughs> um and I had worked there for almost 10 years or about eight years, nine years before I, I applied for the program. But right. I had connections, you know, again, with the RPTA at the time. And I was looking at that. Um, but I felt like I was in the field already. And I don't know what I it was. It would have been letters, but not 
not something that I felt what I was going to get enough out of it. Um, and Bill and I, Bill and I at the time had some great conversations. Oh, really? <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah. And then MBA was kind of limited and it didn't, didn't fit right with the way the Cal Poly style, um, at the, at the time. And again, happenstance, I just happened to be sitting with a, a friend of mine who, and I asked her what, what, what her graduate program was, and it was in student higher ed student affairs and she worked in career services. So I didn't make that connection. Yeah. Um, but then I started talking to the professors and the faculty and, and there's a, a leadership component and a, and a, and a way you could kind of connect the dots through the counseling. And I think you actually recently uh, talked to one of our, our alums from that program and uh, yeah. maybe one or two podcasts ago, who I, who was one of my favorites, Katie, uh, back yeah. in the, in that era. And I didn't and, realize you knew Katie. That's all. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And, and there's, yeah, again, there's such great, great alums in the, in the EIM world. Yeah. Um, so I kind of talked it through and I described what I was looking for. I was looking for leadership. I was looking at how to develop people and communicate better and just be a much better, higher level, you know, director, department head kind mm -hmm. of, kind of focus. And they convinced me that this was going to be, so I said, okay, all right, let's <laughs> do it. Yeah, let's do it. And it could work around my schedule, right? It was all the classes were in the evening and that. Yeah. So um, I did stretch it out over a three, about two and a half, almost three year period to, cause I was working full time. That was during the construction of the new rec center. And, um, I am a big fan of that, that program. I, I, uh, as much as I will talk just as much about our field of recreation and community services and experience industry, I will say the same for, for the higher ed, um, uh, focus, especially at the Cal Poly, um, level of what they provide for, for leadership. And I use counseling skills daily. Uh, I was already, I didn't know it. Right. And then I realized, oh, there's a, there's a, th there's a name for that theory. There's actually yeah. a theory for what I'm doing. What I'm doing. And, yeah. 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 And well, you and know, I have a psychology degree, right? From that was my undergrad. That's exactly right. So yeah. like yeah. those, those skill sets and, and that, that lens you can look through um, uh, when you're in trying to assist a person or a, pro or a process is been invaluable and it, it really helped me get that director um at, at at the rec center position um because i was able to to utilize a lot of that language and my skill sets in the interview but also throughout that process and then and then when i crossed over um back i should say to the municipal uh recreation yeah it was there there's a lot there's a big focus on leadership and they and that was a lot of that focus at, at this level of being a department head uh within the city is it's a leadership level you know we i don't just do parks and recreation i also help contribute to to the direction of our city and, and that city, that yeah. that graduate program was was uh, helpful i'm not saying that uh, EIM uh, a focus would have been i think if i was younger and and earlier in my career that's where i would have done Right. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, and same thing with, you know, if it's, if it's business, um, uh, master's in business administration or public policy, those were all also things I was looking at, but right. that would have been beneficial in, in the role I have now as well. But, but that, that people connection is who I am. And that's what we are, I think, in the, in this yeah. field of providing experiences for everybody. And I wanted to, to find another avenue to make that work. And, and a few, a few colleagues of mine have followed path in that now. And, are working in recreation, but also have that same degree. And it's, it's pretty cool, including the current recreation director at the rec center. Now, nice. <laughs> it's also, yep. She has the same, same master's program. Oh, very cool. Well, I think you're right. I think there's um, a ton of alignment and I think it's, um, I, I think you're absolutely dead on there. And, um, you know, so this next part is um is, is the the connection. You know, some people mm -hmm. like uh, you know, I I say we on the Experience Our Industry podcast, we we go with um alums uh and <laughs> and um uh industry partners, faculty and staff. Well, yeah. Greg is not only an industry partner and has been for many years through both the rec center and now the city of San Luis Obispo, but he was also a um a faculty member. Yeah. Um and uh so for almost what six years or so, five, six years, um he served as a lecturer in uh in our uh 
in the department. So talk to us a little bit about that experience, yeah. what it was like teaching and, um, and, and what you gained from that. Yeah. I loved it and I can't wait to get back to it. Yeah. To be honest. So, so look out, Brian, I'm coming for you. Okay. Um, okay. Yeah. We want, yeah, maybe, yeah. yeah, we could, it, it's Thank one you. of those, those opportunities where I was, um, and you, and again, all the faculty and then the department over my, you know, 20 plus years of knowing all of you always bring in guest speakers and get that, that, um, real life voice to come into the classroom or connection with the students. And that's always been something that I was able to be a part of as an employee at the rec center and different positions from coordinator all the way through, mm -hmm. um, and the benefit of getting your graduate degree and a master's is you are able to be a, a, a lecturer um, and have that opportunity. So there was a, an opportunity that then uh, at the time, Bill Hendricks was looking for support. And, and I actually took over for Sturm when he had to go. I think he was finishing his doctorate, I believe. I can't remember. He had to take, he had to take some time off. Yeah. And that was my first introduction to, to Kirk and wow, what a, what a character, what a wealth of knowledge. Yeah. He brought over about 50 binders um, for one class on, I think it was risk management or uh, facility design and risk management at the time, yeah. which I felt very comfortable in because the rec yeah, center had just opened and course, all that yeah. was my, I had enough foundation to feel good. Way more but comfortable that, than me when I was teaching it with no experience <laughs> in any of that. <laughs> but but to follow follow you know the Sturm uh, like everybody thought I was asked I had to bring donuts every every class and and he is so well loved and liked because of his knowledge. Is that what it is? No one's ever told that me donuts. I'm telling you right now. Golly, sugar! He sugars them yeah. up. I had no idea. Yeah. No, that's okay, that's a secret, but. But yeah, Bill. Bill gave me that that opportunity, and I did one. I did one quarter, one class, just just to try it out. Right. Then I did, I think, another one in fall. So I did like a fall and spring kind of rotation, and then, um, and I did. I think it was facility management. We did a lot of cool cool facility tours and yeah. and that, and and risk management was the secondary class as I kind of broke off. But but. I loved it and it was it was challenging to work full time and do that but it was it was worth every Sunday night prep and every again yeah. every every uh, uh report and test and and yeah. thesis not really a thesis but I guess um a project report to have to go through right and I just geeked out and I loved it and um unfortunately my the the workload with with the rec center and my and my role um it was too much. So I did, I did take a pause and, um, and then, um, I think at that point, you know, they, the, the faculty had grown and uh -huh. there was a lot more, more support. So I shifted over to the school of education and taught one class every spring. And it was like, the, it was called the, tra called it un unofficially the transition class from a graduate program to the real world. And we just I talked know. about, how you navigate professionalism and leadership as you are a um, maybe an intern or a, a, a grad student focus to presenting yourself in, in leadership and getting your foothold and foot in the door into your career. Um, and that was that was super rewarding at That's my awesome. time of where I was at that point, too. I did that for a couple of years as well. Right. That's awesome. Well, let's let's talk about your amazing role that you're doing right now as director of parks and recreation for the city of San Luis Obispo. Um, you know, when I, when I heard that you got hired, and I guess it's been almost five years now, but um, I, I couldn't have I couldn't have been any more happy for you, any more happy for our city. Um, you know, I, I've said this um, in teaching. Um, our intro class for a long time. I've said this and uh, I think it's, I think it's true of a lot of places that for some reason or, or one reason or another parks and recreation is seen as um, auxiliary or seen as non-essential. And um, I think that's a detriment to um, cities around um, this great country. And I do believe um, pretty strongly that the pandemic helped us to realize that 
no, um, we are an essential service. Um, Parks and Recreation is an essential service. And I know you believe that. And I know that your background and, and where you come from is, uh, and the leadership that you bring to this position is just, um, I, I like I said, I just couldn't be any more excited for, for you and for us as a city, knowing that the city is in such good hands. And I know I know what you're going to say. And I agree. You have an amazing team um, that that helps you that that helps that. But but having that leadership at the top is is really important. Let's talk a little bit about, um, you know, opportunities and challenges. Um uh, but but let's start first with uh, what that meant to you getting this position. I know it had to be hard leaving Cal Poly after uh, you know almost twenty years. But um, what did that mean to you being named uh, director? Well, well, first of all, I think we should just end the podcast after everything you just said. It's ah. that was amazing, and I'm I'm you can't see me because I'm on or uh, not on not a video, but. Super red-faced and blushing right now. Um, that means a lot. I really appreciate what you, all your statements there. Um, the the opportunity I wasn't really thinking about, and um, and I I was about two maybe two years prior to that uh, opportunity when it when there was there there was an opening on the Parks and Rec Commission, mm-hmm. and um, as Cal Poly does, we do a lot of collaboration. So uh, we were, I was already collaborating with a lot of the parks and rec staff. And I knew the director at the time. And we, we talked frequently about challenges and issues. And when there was an opening, she, she asked and said, you know, Hey, like, I think you'd be great with your, you know, obviously professional experience as a non, you know, kind of biased, but non-biased, but I, you know, I live in the city. I get to contribute to, um, you know, to the direction and um and that's kind of a neutral role because i'm it's a volunteer advisory body role and i'm not an employee at the time you know of the city so i thought about it i'm like hey why not that sounds like i was i didn't realize how much i was missing the community aspect and i love cal poly and 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 the students were such the energy that 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 every fall you feel that right and you and and that change in the fast pace of the quarter system and i i thrived in that but I didn't realize that I was looking for something more or a shift, right? I just didn't, you know, you're in the moment, right? So, so being on the Parks and Rec Commission as just a um, a commissioner, I got to get back in the in that field, and I had stayed in touch with my all my colleagues from up in San Ramon in the Bay Area, and and one thing I didn't mention, I was really involved with CPRS in that five and a half years up in the Bay Area that that I kept those connections and I still would be involved in, in CPRS even during my time at Cal Poly, I was still going to conferences once in a while or checking in and going to some of the, um, the section, uh, trainings. Yeah. And it turned out that three of my supervisors and mentors ended up being, um, CPRS presidents at some point in their career. So, so I, I just been lucky to be able to work for some really great organizations and agencies. And have that as a resource. So I started calling and checking in with them. And as I did that, I was like, oh my gosh, I think I really miss this. <laughs> you know, I miss the being able to contribute to the city you live in and have that gratification of of that. Um so about two years in, um, um, the Shelly Stanwick, who was the director for almost 10 years, nine years, was promoted and she she became assistant city manager. And um, I had to go through all the hiring process and it was it was the most grueling three days and it's with the same people like your 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 competitors are with you on this on this journey on the on the set first two days and then and then the top two are the ones at the third day and you look and you walk in the room and you're like oh you made it hey you made it congratulations <laughs> yeah now it's now it's now we're now we have to duke this out and arm wrestle like who gets the job and right. um, I felt I felt very honored. I, I take it very, like you said, I take it very seriously. It's a privilege to be able to work in the city that, that you live in that I, I, that I've also known since I was almost born, right. I've been, you know, from the seventies, eighties, nineties to early two thousands to today, I've been able to see and watch San Luis Obispo um, evolve and progress into what it is today. Um, And I didn't have to really leave Cal Poly. It's just a few miles away. I have all my colleagues. I have, you know, I, I'm still, you know, connected with the with the department. I'm connected with ASI. I have my my lifelong friendships that I built. They're still my friends. So I didn't have to say goodbye 
I just said, hey, I'm not going to be living, <laughs> you know, at the rec center anymore. I'm going to be over here, but we can still hang out and do and cross and cross over and do things. So it was a perfect situation where I didn't have to move. You know, um, I didn't have to, you know, like my relationships didn't have to change. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's been the most challenging job I've ever had and will ever have. I was going to say, so that's a good segue because yeah. we said <laughs> challenges and, and opportunities. Let's start with the challenges, right? Yeah. So you, you were hired in 2019 and, um, and, uh, lo and behold, this, uh, small little thing happened to us yeah. all, called the global pandemic. Um, so yeah. Um, talk to us about the challenges. I mean, we don't have to necessarily dwell on, um, uh, you know, on the negative there, but, um, yeah. I'm sure that was really difficult, but, um, just what do you see, you know, as, you, as, you, as we sit here today in, in 2024, what do you see are, as the challenges, uh, that, that lie ahead for, um, the city of San Luis Obispo and, and parks and recreation? Yeah. I mean, you said it. Uh, earlier it's 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 there's there's a little there's a little bit of a silver lining from the p word you know the pandemic word um we don't even like to say that word anymore so we just call it the p word and the the spotlight and focus on our industry was was brighter than ever at at that time and and it and you had to figure out how you were going to to survive and succeed and showcase that and um, you know, like I said, like six months in, about six months in was when it all all came down. I consider that like a a, a leveling for for my, for my my career point, um, where I was you know a new department head joining twelve others in the city. And that's the city attorney, that's the fire uh, chief, that's the police chief, city manager. Uh, I was not the smartest one in the room, and I was like, "What is going on here?" But all of a sudden, clean slate. Everybody on March 13th, 2020 became equal (laughs) and it was, how do we save the world? (laughs) Right. So, (laughs) but, but it was challenging. You know, we, we had to cut program. Like everybody knows the story, right? Lay off people, cut programs and refocus what we were able to showcase. And I think this is a testament to the city as, as the leadership, our community and what they expect. And, um, I think the value of, again, we partnered with Cal Poly a lot for resources and not just the science side, but just even the emergency side and, and mm. consistency. So the university, the city and our community were like, okay, that's great, but how are we going to continue? And we all saw the different things that happened downtown with pop-ups and, and uh, create creative business models. Well, we did the same thing in recreation. We, we were the first, I think it was about, Two months after we were able to, like it was like June 1st, so maybe yeah, two months later, restart childcare at the schools because we had a great relationship with our schools that was long, long standing at five different elementary schools. We run programs there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know you're, you're familiar and a lot of our, hopefully some of our listeners have, have uh, had kids go through those programs, but we're at five elementary schools and the schools were shut down and parents were teaching and taking care of their kids. We became essential. We were just as important as fire and police. Child, we always called it youth services. We changed the name to childcare because that is what they needed. Yeah. And that's what we became. So we, all of our, unfortunately, our lowest, some of our lowest paid staff were in the field <laughs> at yeah. high risk stuff, but we had all the, all the, you know, um, protocols in place. So, that was that was in june and that was and then every month we had to figure out a new way to do it because things kept changing it kept changing yeah yeah. i give so much credit to our site directors and um our our coordinator and supervisor of the youth services program because they were under such intense pressure um and then we the fun part where it was like hey we have trails yeah. We have parks. Where are people? Where can people go outside and spread out? So we 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 did all those kind of things. And everybody knows those stories. But yeah. what the the silver lining of every program that we did, including our senior programs, when we they were like the last to restart. Everybody cared about parks and recreation and and the community services type format of, hey, just like the teachers were were were. Oh my God, we really do miss you, and oh my God, we do respect what you do more than ever. Um, we 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 took that and I took that and I took that as a challenge. <laughs> yeah. And luckily my staff 
all knew that we were going to work 60 hours to 70 hours a week. But the long run is we're going to get, I think, a professional respect. And like you mentioned, we're considered essential. And our 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 um, city council looks at us now in a different light than they did prior <laughs> to that era. Um, I think city leadership of other departments realize that we're not just, you know, the blue t-shirts and shorts and a whistle and a clipboard and running around in the park. Like that's, that's what we program and put out there, (laughs) but it's, it's that connectivity. It's the community building. It's the wellness, the mental wellness, the physical wellness that people don't always uh, um, connect those dots. And unfortunately, the other side of our industry is that service industry got hit so hard. Right. Mm -hmm. But when it could come back, people want experiences. (laughs) They, that's all we do. If it's swim lesson, or or um, an activity of a, an egg hunt in spring. It's the same as a Warriors game and a Giants game and a Laker game. I'll give I'll give SoCal credit to, you know, Clippers. We've you know. Um, so I think our field as a whole, and and again, I, I'm not trying to to, to butter you up, but the the timing of of the name change and establishing experience industry management as a title, um, and not using just the Parks and Rec or RPTA. Um, it it I think legitimatized the the actual industry in a higher level, and our alums and our students who carried that that torch mm-hmm. um, has been fantastic to watch. And here we are, almost four years later, and we still have people having COVID and testing, you know, positive. But we're back. We've been back to normal. I think we were. I felt like we were back to normal within three months after the pandemic because right. of what we were able to do as an industry, not, not San Luis Obispo as a whole, but, but parks and recreation and that, that, that field out there of people needed us and we needed them and we did fitness in the park and we did stuff we'd never done before that we are now doing because it was successful and right. Right. Change the rules a little bit. Right. So that, that that's the success. Yeah. And that's a great segue into the next question for you. And that is opportunities, right? Yeah. what doors have that op- what doors has that opened um and um and what do you see as the the greatest opportunities for us or yeah. for the city as as we move along yeah i i i, I was trying to figure that i knew that was coming <laughs> yeah and th- those are the hard questions you know um of how do we i think keep the momentum and keep the story being told and and organizations like CPRS uh the faculty and staff at Cal Poly help that that story of the importance um cuz it's easy to have have community and leadership uh to just fall back on and say okay well you know police and fire that's the most important and then paving of streets and then the rest isn't as important take us for granted is we have to be relevant all the time yeah um i was lucky and i will say very lucky that I could excel my organizational chart and reorganization of of the department accelerated because of the needs. Mm-hmm. The community services and youth services, ranger services, um, all got additional staffing and some more funding um, because they were they were so critical to keep things moving. Yep. Um, so I, that that was a good thing. Mm-hmm. Then you have to realize, okay, now now I have to be productive, and I have, now the pressure's on, right? So All right, right, um, right. <laughs> you know, and, <laughs> and and when things and when th- when there's money, because we got a lot of federal money that was coming through to support other areas of the city, which right. allowed the the general fund and tax base to really help support and keep parks and recreation going. Yeah. Well, now we're kind of back to we've cal- we we've kind of recalibrated. Everything's kind of back to normal. Mm-hmm. Um, inflation is still a little bit high. Uh, Obviously, in cost of goods and products and construction and all that's it's pretty uh, pretty high. So, the opportunities now is is to continue to tell that story and showcase. Look what we've done. Look what we're doing. Right. <laughs> and look and also like look where we were. Yeah, you know, like right. I I I I happen to I just happen to be six months into the position when it all happened. Yeah. Who I'm I know my predecessor would have been able to do the same. Right. And, and it wasn't because Greg was the leader at that time. No, it was the timing and what parks and rec meant to the community. And that, I think that's a, that's an important story to tell of, of we need to showcase and be present. And we, we changed, we, we, we marketed differently. We put, we bought, um, you know, everything's branded and logoed 
And I want to make sure that there's, if there's an activity at a park and it's ours, you better drive by and see the blue tent that says parks and recreation. And right, right. Right. Yeah. You better see the blue, the bright blue shirts. We, we do that on purpose, you know, um, because that's, that's who we are. And there's other great partners that we have in the, in the community that do similar, similar activities and we support them and we, and vice versa. We, we have great relationships with, you know, boys and girls clubs and, and the YMCA and the school district and, and we have different crossovers and and we do things to complement each other, which is our goal. But um, but I have to stay relevant and I need that. And then our staff need to get, I think the challenge is is paid for their for the quality that they provide. Yeah. Um, love it. You know, love it. and I think so those are the opportunities that that we're still trying to identify and move forward. And um it's 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 a statewide, it's a national thing, and mm-hmm. our industry is I think done really well coming out of the pandemic and and now it's about how do we maintain that momentum and and status of professionalism and and being essential yeah i love it so that's, that's my soapbox <laughs> yeah well you know you you uh you're you're good on the soapbox uh greg and i i appreciate that and um and and obviously i think that speaks to what i what i said earlier about feeling like uh we, our city is is in good hands um in um in parks and recreation, obviously, in particular. And I know you just, I know you have an amazing team. And, um, you know, one of the, the last thing that I want to ask you about is, is something that I know you, you care deeply about because of your connection to Cal Poly and your connection to, um, you know, obviously the industry and, and whatnot. Um, and that is like, what message would you give to that, um, college student, that college junior or that college senior is trying to figure out what they want to do with their life. Um, why, why should they choose, um, municipal or community recreation? Um, what, what, uh, what's, uh, what's the, what's the sale? Well, give it, give us your 30 second sales <laughs> pitch. Oh boy. Your, sell elevator, this your elevator pitch. Sell this pen, right? Mm-hmm. Well, I, I would go back even to the high school level you know is is what we do our brand with all our our part-time you know for lifeguards to to swim instructors and camp counselors and referees and umpires and all that of of telling that story early so they want to then want to be eim majors and they want to see that field and the and the benefits of that going into the university setting so then when they get there, they already kind of know, right? Versus being like myself two years later in the college going, oh gosh, I've been doing that. I should have done it initially. Um, and then there's so many different opportunities, you know, like again, you've did the, pod, the podcasts and all those, a hundred plus of those have such a great variety. Um, my pitch for, for community focus is there is nothing better than seeing your neighbor and their kids having a great experience at the egg hunt or the boobash or the September scramble mud run um, or taking swim lessons and you're at the store. And if you do your job well and you're at the store, you don't have to hide, right? They come up and say, Hey, I really appreciate your staff. You know, site director Val was this, Uh, you know, uh, Sean over at the pool did this, you know, Chris and his team over here were so amazing with the basketball stuff. Yeah. That's the pride, and 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 I I have talked about before the my five P's, and we don't need to go to that right now. But but one of them is pride, and pride is is if you do everything correctly, you can actually step back and take pride in what you do. Um, and to do that for for a community that you're in, and um, and be a part of, and the Cal Poly is a microcosm of that, and it was the same over there. You know, you walk around campus and you feel proud of what you do, and then you all the alums come back and they're proud of what they experience they had. It's it's just tenfold or a hundredfold more when you're in the community because you get to see these people throughout their 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 living and life um, in that community, no matter what community it is. So if it's Bay Area, Southern California, if it's in another state, you know, those opportunities are the same. And yeah. and it's extremely rewarding. It is it is a career that you can definitely do well in. And and, and I think it's it's like teaching and all that. You kind of get your base, but once you kind of start moving through there in the leadership roles and you can um make a big difference and that's what feels really good. And and 
I'm at my, I don't want to say sunset, but at 55 and a few more years to go, um, right. you know, I've actually started thinking more of like, okay, is there a legacy? And I'm like, my legacy is to be able to stay here and live here and see yeah. and yeah. experience my own parks and my own programs and watching yeah. everybody. And, and hopefully, and you know, that that, pride. yeah. And have that pride. I mean, I think that's, I, I love you saying that. I mean, I think that matters so much. Right. And, um, uh, have it, and that's that's regardless uh, that, that's any anything you know whether yeah. you're you know fixing a toilet or um yep. you know digging a ditch or or you know uh, uh creating ai or uh you know uh <laughs> um yeah. running a professional yep. sports team having pride in what you do yep. um it is kind of amazing that some people don't feel i don't feel like they have that much pride well, what they do, but um what uh, we always say uh, that. I, I mean, there's yeah. there's so many of the the TED talks and the the Simon Sinek. So you know, find your why, and it's it's been kind of overplayed now. But it is a key thing of what's going to wake you up every morning, put your feet on the ground, and you're going to feel good going to wherever it is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. We're all smart enough in our industry to be in in the corporate world and making a lot more money and have all these great stock options or whatever. But, but what's the intrinsic value of what you get to do? And and that's, that's a choice and there's, there's teaching and there's, it's kind of all kind of blends together. And I think our, our society needs to probably recognize that more of, and I think that's, again, like I said, the essential, essential focus or the focus that made us essential um, is that silver lining. And, and this is a good era, I think right now to be in, in parks and recreation and in that community focus um, if it's nonprofit world or, or the city kind of formats, um, you know, I, I, I would sell that in a second to anybody who's interested Yeah, and, well, and we do have lots of internships and we have a lot of, there you go, right. Uh, lots of different opportunities. And so, and so reach out and, um, you know, Greg, I, uh, you know, just want to thank you so much for taking the time and, um, and I, I love what you said. I mean, it's, it's just, um, you know, when I, when I get around, um, when I get around parks and recreation, um, people, uh, you feel, you feel that love for community and you feel that love for what they do and you, it, it's infectious. And so that, that's what I'll say. So if you're, if you're a student out there thinking about what, wh where you want to go or what you want to want to do, um, you know, the community of a campus, or the community of a town or a city, um, there's something special about that. And um, and uh, Greg is testament. I hope you have uh, I hope you have heard it in his voice. And uh, uh, we are we are very lucky to have you as a leader here. Um, we were very lucky to have you 20 years here at Cal Poly, and very lucky to have you now in the city and um and we're we're in good hands my friend and um thank you so much for taking time on a friday afternoon and um yeah thanks just really appreciate it oh it's my pleasure and i enjoyed every every minute of this and uh again i have nothing but love for cal poly and always will and i uh, really appreciate what all you are doing on campus as well yeah, absolutely let's get a coffee sometime soon sounds fantastic thank all you right, man. see ya.